Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of BD Universe Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Chris BD Bronson, and right now you are tuned in to episode five. That's right, episode five. We got a couple things to get into today. And man, before I get started, I want to give a shout out to everybody who's listening on Spotify and Anchor app. I appreciate y'all support. Man, um, no, I'm going to be doing a question and answer next week. So uh, watch you guys comment on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you guys can follow me at BD underscore universe on both of them. And just submit your questions, write a comment, and, you know, tell you guys some more about my life. And I might get you guys some more funny stories about what I did back in high school. But that's for another episode. Anyway, man, today we got a lot to get into, man. And I want to start it off with one of my favorite artists of all time, Mr. Kanye West. Now, a lot of people hating on Kanye because Kanye was put the, the, the album out, Yeezus. He calls himself a god and yada, yada, yada. He's, then he comes out and says slavery is a choice and... He's supporting Trump and the black community is going crazy. Then he put out the album Yay and it sold two copies and it wasn't that good of a project. But hey, he said he's bipolar, he has mental disabilities and so forth and so forth. That he's taking prescription drugs for it and he's trying to get back. But then he comes back and he drops uh, the album Jesus is King. And I'm like, okay, Kanye put out a gospel album. Now we've heard, well, I've heard. Other artists who are not necessarily Christian or Christian artists or gospel artists, they put out a, um, a Christian album. And a lot of times it's not that good because it's not their natural lane. It's not what you really do. You know, it's like um, it's like you doing one thing you're really good at. It's, it's like you're a chef, right? You're a chef. And you do one thing particularly well. Do you want to shift and do another thing particularly well? You can only do one thing great. You can't just do multiple things. Only a few people can do that. And for the most part, people try to transition into the Christian music. They do it because, oh, their grandma passed away. I always thought I'd put on a gospel album or, you know, I'm going to do it this way. Um, Somebody who did do a gospel album really well was Snoop. We put out the, uh, what I think it was the Book of Love or Bible of Love. That was a really good record. But Snoop, he took more of a DJ Khaled role where he just put a whole bunch of the hottest gospel artists together on the track. So it was like a gospel playlist. You know, it wasn't really like Snoop was in there singing and, and, and dropping new verses. So it worked out in his favor. Now, going back to Kanye, man, um, you know, the Saints is upset. Saints is upset at Kanye, man. They're, they're really mad that he put out a gospel album. And the gospel album is not bad. It's not bad. When I listened to, well, only thing I was kind of disappointed in, because when he started doing the, the Sunday services, it was really the big choir, and they're singing the, the, the songs. And so... I thought the album was going to be more in that direction, but he only had the choir on there for the opening track. So I was kind of disappointed in that. But when you actually listen to the album for what it's worth, it's Kanye being Kanye. Like Kanye's giving you the same type of songs he's been giving us the last five years. I mean, with Life of Pablo, 
uh, if you look at his last couple albums, you look at the My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, you look at The Life of Pablo, and you look at Ye. All of his songs are like his singles. They kind of match the tone and like the sound arc of this album, Jesus is King. It's just that the content is totally different. You know, the content is about a man saying, look, I've been changed. Jesus is king. He's the head of my life. And this is what it is. He's not trying to bash it down your throat. He's just going through. He's saying, hey, something different has happened in my life. I found God and I want to tell you about my experience. Now, me personally, I don't have a problem with it. But there are other people who have a problem with it because they're like, yo, Kanye. Man, whatever, dude. You you said all this stuff. We just can't forgive you for that. But my message is to the Christians or to the believers or to the saints is, yo, he who was out, he who was who is without sin, cast the first stone. Y'all mad at this man and y'all don't want to accept his project because you don't think that he can be redeemed and he can actually really want to change his ways and follow God. Now, my thing, my question is, who do you think you are? Like, where were you at when God found you or when you gave your life to God? You was at your lowest, darkest point. You did some things you weren't proud of. You said some things you weren't proud of. And now you've changed your ways. So I think we should always don't look at the man. You should look at the message. The message is always pure. But is it his best? Is it his best album? No. To me, his best album is Late Registration. Um... By far, I I'll, I still listen to Late Registration till this day. That came out in 05. I can still listen to it from front to back. Um, it's not his best work, but he's back to his samples, his old school samples. So I don't think I don't think nothing's wrong with it, you know. But but I do want people to understand this. People are so upset about the fact that this is Kanye West doing gospel music. They kind of find it as like. Uh, I would say hypocritical or and then the Christians are they're judging they're very judging but Christians are some of the ju- most judgingest people ever that's where I get a lot of my comedy from because if you go to a church man I tell you you got someone people judge I'm like oh my god like just let me give you an example of how much people in church judge one another when I tell you there's certain assigned seats in the church, because the church is the most segregated place on Sunday. Like, if you ain't got, if you ain't teaching Sunday school, you don't do a Bible study, uh, you ain't on the praise team, you ain't on the deacon board, usher board, you don't really sit within the first four rows. If you think I'm lying, go to your local church and look at those who sit within the first four rows. They're probably on they're in some type of ministry at the church. And let's be real. Maybe the wife ain't, but the husband is. Somebody in the family who's sitting up in those first four rows is in some type of ministry at the church. And then the rest of the church fills in the rest of the pews or the seats. I'm telling you, this it's, excuse me, it's what I know. So then again, like, man, when you really look at it. We're talking about believers. We're talking about music. Man, it's it's all up in the air. 
It's all up in the air. And another thing I want people to understand is they looking at Kanye West and they're saying, man, he's using God to sell his music. I mean, hey, it may be so, but we don't know because we don't have the facts. We don't have the proof. It's just all speculation. If he's using God to sell his music, then God's going to deal with him when he when he want to deal with him. It is not our we can't be judge, jury and executioner. We can't because there's plenty of there's plenty of pastors out there who are using God to get money for their own personal benefit. It's not all of them, but it's some of them. It still happens. The way I see when um, people talk about the uh, pastors, you know, um, taking money from the church and all that, and it gives all pastors a bad rap. I relate that to police to police officers killing black people. It's not all of the police. It's a small group of them. But then what happens is that's amplified more than the good cops. Just how when the preachers are taking money from the church, that's more amplified than those who are doing what they're supposed to be doing and are leading leading people the right way. So, man, that's all you got to look at. That's what it really is, man. And that's all my thoughts I'm going to have on Kanye. That's all my thoughts I'm going to have on Kanye, man. But again, you know, I want to I go into uh, our basketball season. Man, did y'all see that fight the other day between Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns? Man, when I first saw the clip, I was like, yo, they about to get into it. And then they was just hugging each other, and then they fell to the ground. I'm like, y'all dudes is both seven feet tall, and y'all can't land one punch. Y'all can't throw a punch. Y'all just grabbing. When did the WWE come into the uh, come into the NBA? I'm like, come on, bro. If you, you that big, they both talking greasy like they really did something. I'm like, y'all didn't do nothing. Like my my uh my nine year old son could do a better fight than this. This is trash. This is trash. They get up, hype it up the crowd like yeah 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 I did that. They flexing, talking crap on Twitter, going back and forth, calling each other out in their name. And I'm like y'all didn't even hit nobody. The person who did the most damage wasn't the fight wasn't even about him. That was Ben Simmons, who turned around, ran in there. Got on Carl Anthony Towns, put this dude in a chokehold, and made him tap out. If y'all look at the video, <laughs> Ben Simmons really put him in the chokehold. He's laying on top of him, got him in the chokehold. You see him clench the chokehold, like locking in. And then he says something to him, and then Carl Anthony Towns taps out. And then he let go. I'm like, did you just choke this thing out? Like, did you just choke out this seven-footer, bro? Now, my thing is, I'm like, well, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons for the 76, those are the best two players on the team. So I'm like, well, they're going to be suspended. I say a minimum of four games. Anytime you get an altercation in the NBA, you're getting suspended. Nobody really fights. I don't know why dudes trying to even front like they really going to do something. You're not going to do nothing. You're not going to do nothing. Y'all don't fight. Y'all can pay too much money to fight. Hockey, they fight. They let that stuff happen. They actually let you fight for a little bit. You know, they let that happen. NFL, they don't really fight. They just like, okay, cool. The next play, I'm going to blindside you and knock your head off. Hey, if you want to fight, you're in the wrong sport. You're in the wrong sport. Man, you know, and a lot of things I want to talk about, man. So, a lot of stuff going on in life, man. A lot of stuff going on. But I want to tell you guys that 
if you guys want to um, just succeed in life, there's something I'm finding out, man. You got to uh, you got to you got to be happy. I mean, you can't let things just get you down and, and really just mess up your whole way of living. And and um, yeah, this must be a whole way of living and just really uh, get you down to where you can't focus and do anything else. Cause you know, that's something I'm I'm learning with right now. You gotta find your you gotta find your way in life and do things where you're able to maintain. You know, you gotta keep your your physical health up. You gotta keep your mental health up, your spiritual health up. You gotta keep all these things up because what happens when you just go about your day to day living? Life is hard. Life is gonna beat you down regardless, man. It's really gonna beat you down, man. So you really gotta stay on top of things, man. So. I'll, like every week, I try to give you guys a little insight of my life, a little bit, a little story, man. So I'm gonna tell you guys a little story from when I was uh, in high school. I don't want to give y'all too much juice because I want to get my homeboy Harry on here to tell some more of these infamous uh, party stories. But uh, man, which one I got here, man? Okay, I got one for you. I got one. Um, I don't know what it was. We had a hotel party. You know, we like 18, 19, you know. I will say this. We invented the turn up before the turn up was the turn up. Okay. So me and my homeboy, Harry, we go to this to this party. It's at a little hotel room. And uh, pretty much we get sauced. That's all we knew how to do was just beer pong and just get lit and get sauced. All right. So anyway, so at the party... I'm, uh, you know what? I'm not going to tell you that story. I'm going to let my, me and my, I'm going to let my homeboy Harry talk about that when he, when I get him on the podcast. I'm going to tell you another one. This one was with my homeboy Dimitri, man. It was, uh, we're going to the, the street fair. It was a Thursday night. It was during the summer. We end up spending the night at the homegirl's house because her mom's out of town. Now, we've been drinking the whole night, partying, and she has a pool. So everybody's like, oh, we're going to go swimming. Now, me being the one who doesn't know how to hold his alcohol, I, my thing is when I drink, I drink too much. I drink and I drink entirely too much too fast. So I get drunk within 30 minutes and then I keep drinking and therefore I'm starting to become belligerent and I'm just talking nonsense. So anyway, now everybody we're having a good time. And we're, mind you, like I said, we've been drinking. We're out by the pool. Now, they tell me, everybody used to call me Biggie. Like, yo, Biggie, just go, on, just go in the house and chill. Go in the house and chill. So I go in the house. But then I'm sitting there. I look up, and no one's in the house because everybody had left because they're going to the pool to have a good time. Excuse me. Now, me, not, me being the life of the party naturally and then realizing there's nobody around for me to entertain, I'm like, I need to go find the action. So I leave out of the house. I'm going down to the pool. And I'm telling everybody, yo, where y'all at? I see them. And mind you, I'm walking towards everybody. I see them in the pool. I see them sitting around the pool. But I don't see the edge of the pool coming up. I'm just walking like, hey, y'all, what's going on? I know y'all told me to go chill. But nah, I'm about to keep walking. I'm about to come kick it with y'all. So I keep walking. Tell me why my drunk self walks directly into the pool in the deep end. So it's like seven, eight feet. I walk 
I'm walking up to the edge, to the edge of the pool, take one step, and whoop, whole body just straight in water. Now, mind you, I'm fully clothed with shoes on and everything. My glasses on, everything. I go straight into the pool. And then, because, you know, because I'm like in a long sleeve, you know, 4XL tall tee and baggy jeans. Because this is 2005, 2006 at the time. And that's the style. So I'm trying to climb out the pool, but I can't because my clothes are so baggy. And now they're soaked and I'm being weighed down and I'm already fat. So that's more weight. I'm trying to get out this pool. So I got my homeboy, Dimitri, and my homegirl, Bria, like pulling me out the pool. And then they're like, yo, go in the house. <laughs> so now all my clothes are wet. So now they, now I got to change out my clothes. They wrap me up in a blanket, dry my clothes. But the moral of the story is don't drink. You know, that's the moral of the story, man. It's just, I do a lot of dumb stuff. Like I shouldn't, there's a lot of stories like that, man, where a lot of dumb stuff happened, but yeah, you know, but when I get my homeboy Harry on the podcast, we're going to go, we're going to go in on that, man. We're going to, we're going to talk about it a little more, uh, then, you know, I, I got, I got stories for days. I got stories for days. But again, like I said, man, I'm going to be next week. I'm going to be doing like a, a question and answer. So if y'all want to know about my wife, my kids, you know, my family, um, just, just write in your questions on Instagram or Facebook at BD underscore universe. Write me a message, put it in the comments, whatever. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get to that. But now my home, one of my friends, um, was telling me the other day at church that he wants me to be more funny in the podcast. I'm like, look, man, I'm just trying to like talk to the people, just get on my thoughts, get on my views, you know? So this is what we're going to do, man. I got to, um, I'm working on a new comedy set because I want to do a live show. So I'm going to give you guys some of the jokes, man, and uh, see what y'all think about it, man. So let me let me go ahead and let me find these jokes, man. Let me see what y'all think about it. Uh, let's see here. Oh, man, so... Here's the thing, man. So I'm going to one of my bits right here, man. Here's the thing. Like, you know, my kids, you know, we're growing up. My kids are getting older. They want to start playing sports now. And one thing I've realized about going to these sporting events and these practices, moms are very supportive of their kids when they're in sports. They're always they're going to make the T-shirts. They're going to make flyers. They're going to make sure they get the right nutrition. Dads, they're not the most supportive because dads still think they can play the game. Okay. Dads think just because they played JV for three years in high school, now that they're 40 and their son's playing basketball, that they can still play basketball. No, 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 no. You cannot do that, okay? Here's the thing. I'm not dad. I'm not dad. I was on the basketball team my senior year. I was the manager, okay? But I was in the team photo, okay? Mind your business. And so I still think I can play. But dads can't play no more. We're old. We got dad. We got dad weight. Let the moms just be supportive of the kids live their life. Okay, so I'm trying to live, live through the kids, man. Another thing I have to understand about men when it comes to sports, a man will fight you over his sports team. Man, football season is real. Dudes will fight you over their sports team, even their kids. You know how many times I wanted to punch my son in the face? 
Because my son is a Cowboys fan and I'm a Raiders fan. He get to talking greasy. Now he's 13. He get a little more, he get a little more bass in his voice. He's like, oh man, the Raiders are trash. I'm like, first of all, take the bass about your voice before you catch these hands. Because you're talking to me like you're a grown man. That's what you're doing. You're talking like you're grown. So you're going to get this grown butt whooping. You feel me? Okay, so that's, you know, that's what dads do, man. That's Sports to a man is very, very combative. It's very, we're very competitive and we will fight you. I don't care who you are. My daughter start talking too much about the Cowboys. She can get it too. Period. All right, I'm still working on that joke, man. I got another one here. I got another one here. Because, you know, I go to church. I've been going to church since I was six years old. So I look at a lot of preachers. Now, here's the thing. Preachers and their catchphrases. You know, here's the thing about preachers. They, you, they have certain tales. They have certain catchphrases. What is what big catchphrase? You know when a preacher is like they try to give you an example of like the good and the bad, but they wait on, they stay on the bad for too long. They're talking, they go to like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, let me get my preacher voice now, 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 now. Uh, when, 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 when your bills are due, amen, and, and, and the lights get cut off, uh-huh, there's no food to eat, no gas in the car, you get laid off, uh, your wife left, or your husband left, uh-huh, uh-huh, your kids struck out all drugs, uh-huh, your mama died, daddy got cancer, they done stayed on the bad for too long and they realize it because they see everybody at the church look at them like, all right, man, you got to switch it around. What do they say? What is what is every pastor's go-to phrase? But God, and that turned the whole thing around. They could be talking so negative and say, but God, and they're like, yes, Jesus, hallelujah. People start saying amen, they passing out. But God is the catchphrase and it can save your life as a preacher. So I want all preachers, if you teach a Sunday school, you teach a, a Bible study, use but God and watch your sermon or your message turn around, okay? Have you ever seen, have you, have you guys ever seen a preacher give a quote that they made up and they think it's going to hit and it don't hit and they get offended? Like, like uh, I seen a preacher saying one time, um, in order to get over, you have to get over. And he said it with so much emphasis, and then the church was just silent. He's like, oh, but y'all don't hear me this morning. No, no, we heard what you said. We just didn't get what you said. There's a difference. That's why you you quote like Spur, you, you quote Spurgeon and, and T.D. Jakes, because we know what they saying. We don't really know you and, uh, and where your theology is coming from. So we didn't really get that that metaphor and, and that catchphrase then they really get mad and like you'll catch that lady you'll catch that later and i should have caught it right now i should have caught it right now because i was listening but you didn't put it in a way where i can understand okay get over it <laughs> you know uh that's just a couple of them jokes i'm working on man I got, i'm still working on them but um nothing have you guys ever seen a parent who think their kid is cute one thing about, um, I've seen a lot of ugly babies. Um, when I was younger, I used to think God don't make ugly babies. Like, babies just can't be ugly. But as I've gotten older in life, I realize God has a sense of humor because there's there are some ugly babies. Now, mind you, the babies that I've seen, they were ugly in the beginning, but then they shifted. 
like it started looking cute over time but there's this is there was a phase where my ah oh, you're an ugly baby you look just like your mama wow mm-hmm oh that's all your daddy mm-hmm yeah you so precious no when they really look like precious in the face at six months i'm not talking the precious uh you know doing the press tour for the movie i'm talking about the precious in the movie looking the mess in the face that's how the baby was looking at six months okay and then the parents be so proud of this baby this little ugly baby and I was like, look, you know your child is ugly. You know you you know you got a monster in a stroller. Stop showing off your monster in a stroller like they cute. Say, like, oh, no baby could be a model. No, your baby can't. Your baby look like a linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. Now you need to stop. Okay? Can't stand when uh, parents think their kids are so cute and their kids could do no wrong. Now, look, mind you, this is how I know I don't want to have kids. Okay? No, I mean, no more kids. Because I don't, I lack patience. I'm 31 years old. I have a nine-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a soon-to-be 14-year-old. I don't have the patience for little children. I don't. I like being around kids. I like making them smile, making them laugh. But the minute you start tripping, you gotta go. Because I talk to my kids, my kid, my kids right now. I talk to them like they grown, because they can understand. My aunt, shut up with all that damn crying. Go on somewhere. Uh-uh. We want to have a conversation? Let's talk about this and this this uh this discuss why this happened and why we ain't gonna do it like that. But when you a child, you young, you under five years old, you don't. There's no talking, like there's no explaining nothing to them. And my thing is, kids, just when you young, when you like five, six, seven years old, all you know is fun. That's it, fun. That is your life's mission, fun, and. That's cool. But me, because my, my kids are out of that. Well, I got spoiled with my youngest son. My youngest son, Cameron, he was never a hyperactive kid. He was real chill. He was real cool. He's like, no, I got my blocks right here. I'm going to play with these blocks in this corner. I'm going to be cool. As long as you bring me some food, when it's time to eat, tell me when it's time to take a nap. Cool. I never had to force this kid to take a nap or nothing. He was like, all right, that's what we're doing. Back. All right, we're going to, we sit here and watch a movie. All right, I'm going to watch a movie. All right, what? We're reading books. All right, I'm going to read a book. Never really gave me a problem. So I didn't really deal. So basically, I didn't deal with the hyperactive kid since my oldest son. And he's about to be 14. So that was probably seven, eight years ago. So I got spoiled. Now, when I'm around younger kids now and I see their hyperactive energy, on a million, the moment they wake up, they're on a thousand, just just running and jumping and screaming and kicking. I'm like, where did you get this energy from? And now you are in my presence and I am now tired. What the hell is going on? And another thing, if I see another parent, let their little bad baby kid act out in public, I might just smack the taste out your mouth. Okay, because we all know there's a difference between that your kids be kids and play. There's other thing about letting your kids know it's when it's time to be respectful. If you're out at a restaurant and your kid is doing hurdles over the booths in the restaurant, you need your ass beat. Because I be at work, I'm in the because when I'm at work. There's like an opening where you can look into the kitchen. You can see us making your food and I can see out into the lobby. So I can see these kids literally hurdling 
over the booths in the restaurant. And I'm just like, yo, no one see little Jimmy over here acting a damn fool. And the mama was just sitting here having a conversation with her friend like, ain't nothing wrong. I'm like, this dude just did two hurdles. Okay. He just got, he just knocked his whole plate on the floor because he said he was done. I'm about to smack the taste out of both y'all mouth. If I got to come around this counter, it's going to be a problem. I know I'm clocked in, but ain't nothing to clock out and check little Jimmy. Okay. Because first of all, he being hella disrespectful. I'm like, I don't, what is with this? Like, yo, parents, parents, I understand that your kids run around and play. I get that. But pay attention to your damn kids when y'all out in public. Okay. Because one, they kidnap kids out here. And two, your kids don't know how to act. You know why? Because you don't know how to act. Okay? You need to act accordingly. Because you bring your kids around me and they keep tripping. I'm a ch- I check kids. Oh, I check kids. I got the dad voice down. You ever, if y'all are, if people are ever around me, they just be like, hey, 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 hey. All kids look up like, yo, what's going on? Who got in trouble? Matter of fact, I just like doing that to kids to see what they're going to do. Every time I go to church, I see kids having too much fun. I shut fun down. Even in my own, even in my own house, I shut fun down. I hear too much laughter and giggling. I'm like, oh, oh, y'all laughing. Oh, so y'all got time today. Clean your damn room. They're like, oh, but, oh, but nothing. You up in here having fun, eating cookies and stuff? Nah, go clean the bathroom. Go clean the kitchen. Something needs to be cleaned because you're having fun. If you want to have fun, get out my house. Go outside and play. If you to have fun around me, while I'm up in here trying to, uh, I can't watch movie because y'all so damn loud. Shoot. Man, this is why I don't want no more damn kids. I don't want no more kids. I have, I have no desire to have any more kids. No, I have nieces and nephews. If my sister want to have a baby, go right ahead. Go have a baby. My wife's sisters, they got babies. That's cool. Go ahead. I'll be a, I'm a great uncle. I'm a great uncle. I'm going to get my little niece and nephew stuff. When I see him, I see stuff for him. I want to get them while I'm out. Cool. Buy him a little something for Christmas. Cool. But for me having another baby? Nah, God didn't see that plan in my life. He, did, he didn't see fit for me and my wife to have another child. That's not our plan. It's not our plan. And if everybody's speaking of another baby in my life, I rebuke you, Satan. Uh-huh. Get behind me, Satan. Amen. Because the because the devil is a liar. Uh-huh. He's coming to, to steal my joy, to, to kill my peace, amen, and my happiness. But he comes like a thief in the night. But the Lord, uh-huh, because what the pastor always say, but God saw fit to not give me another child. Amen. I can't do it, man. If I get another baby right now, oh, I might lose my damn mind. Y'all might see me in the crazy house. I'm going to lose my damn mind. Diapers? Oh, my God. My diapers? Bottles? Formula? Oh. Oh, my God. Formula? I'm traumatized by formula because my daughter was, um, she's lactose, she was lactose intolerant when she was a baby, and we didn't know. So we're feeding her infant meal, and then so we switched her to soy milk, and she was throwing it up. She was throwing up the regular infant meal, she was throwing up the soy milk infant meal every day after she had a feeding. I didn't know what it was. We're going to the doctor every week, trying to see what it was, come to find out she's allergic to both dairy 
and soy. Those are her two highest things of being allergic to. So every day before I went to work, I would pick my daughter up, give her her bottle, I'd burp her. She would throw up on my shirt every day. Every day. I, I would, no matter if I put the little, the little blanket down over my shoulder, she would always find a way to move the blanket and throw up all over, all down my back. Every day. So I'm traumatized with Infamil. I don't want to see another bottle of Infamil. I want to see another damn can. Let alone bring it back into my house. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Not going to be able to do it. Not going to be able to do it. Well, man, that's it for the day, man. But next week, like I said, I'm going to do a Q&A. So I need you guys to hit me up on Instagram at BD underscore universe and also on Facebook at BD underscore universe. Send me a message. Jump in the DM, write in the comments. Let me know uh, whatever you guys want to know. I'm not holding nothing back. Whatever it is you want to know, I'm going to answer all the questions. It's going to be a hit. But, man, hey, thank you guys again for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys next week. Deuces.